The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The world we live in has become a crazy place. Poverty is at an all-time high in the wealthiest nation on earth. We keep calling on government to save us with new programs, and we now have more people using food stamps than any time in our history. Keep seeking the answer to poverty through government, and the problem will continue to get worse. The answer to poverty is in our homes, churches, and communities, not in Washington or any state's capital. The long-term success of our country will come through our children if we teach them perseverance, humility, honor, character, hope, and love. And love will lead to action. This is The Mickey Allison Show. How we raise our children today will be our legacy for good or evil. Let's change the world. Now, here is Mickey Ellison. Hello and welcome to The Mickey Ellison Show. I am Mickey Ellison. And before we get started, I want to say one thing real quick, and that's a thanks to the folks that came out to Chambersburg, Pennsylvania last weekend for the our first introduction of complete fitness to those those of you in Pennsylvania, and also want to uh, let everyone know that the uh, the new book that I had just written called The Road to Complete Fitness, which is my story, um, and, and that story actually will be aired again next week um, in a shortened version. But the book is a detailed description of my road to complete fitness, and actually I never reached that until I die. But it is it is. Um, giving you a background as to why i think complete fitness is so important but uh this week we're actually taking a break from complete fitness and we're, we're going to probably the subject that i i know best and i and it's, it's my first love in my life and it's back to baseball and today's uh we have a couple we have three guests uh, our first is uh needs no introduction is tommy john and uh, tommy was kind enough to come on the show uh, back uh, sometime last year and we had we had several shows with John O'Sullivan from Changing the Game Project, and and the guys from Proactive Coaching had, had come on, and it was in the heat of the early se- it was the early season in Major League Baseball, and we there was so much discussion about kids having having to have Tommy John surgery. Well, I thought today would be a great opportunity for Tommy to come on, and he was kind enough to say yes, and. Uh, Talk a little bit, not so much about. I don't want to talk about the surgery itself because I don't even understand that stuff anyway. But with youth baseball getting to the point where it is today, and many teams will start to to work out and, and start throwing in January. I thought no, there's no better guest that we could have on for parents that are listening to this show to know what it is their kids need to be working on because it doesn't mean that uh, you can't be working on your baseball skills. You can be swinging bats. You can be working on your legs. You can be working on your core. Heck, you can be playing basketball, and that's helping your baseball. But uh, I want to say a quick welcome to Tommy John, the legend, and it is my honor to have you on the show, Tommy. Thanks for coming on. Mickey, thanks for having me on. You know, when you get to my age, 72, somebody calls you and asks you to come on and to speak for a few minutes, you, you jump at the chance. 
<laughs> well, I actually thought about you last week when I, I drove to Pennsylvania and I drove right through Terre Haute, Indiana, and the first thing that popped into my mind was uh, that I think that's where you were headed last time you came on the show to give the the uh, the speech at, at your high school, correct? Oh, it's a valedictory speech. Yeah, I was valedictorian of my high school class uh, in 1961, and I had a huge, huge, huge stammer. And the teachers and counselors wouldn't let me give the speech. Either they they were afraid that I would embarrass myself or I would embarrass them or whatever. <laughs> and the superintendent of schools of Terre Haute found out about it, and he said that's an injustice that we're going to rectify. So 53 years later, I got to give my valedictory speech to the graduating class. Not of my high school. My high school was combined with a couple other schools to okay. become Terre Haute uh, North Vigo High School, and um, I, I was honored. It's uh, a lot of things that I've gotten in in my life. That was one of the great honors to come back in and um, get to give that speech to gra- graduating seniors. Uh, you know, I, I actually had to give a speech. I was salutatorian of my high school class, and. Uh, I might would have given anything to have an excuse not to have spoken at that event, but uh, <laughs> well, you know, if anybody a, knew me, uh, even even back in high school, if he asked me what time it was, I'd tell you how to make a watch. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's dive into it. Um, we 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 both know that that uh, especially with college baseball kicking in, they have to start working out in, in January and February because they're going to be playing in, in February. <laughs> But I think with with um, all the injuries that are out there to, today, there's so many kids. Uh, you, you you just open um, you Google Tommy John surgery, and, and you'll get millions upon millions of, of hits. And, and with with parents trying to do what's best for their kids, what what would be your advice? And and if they're starting to work out a little bit in, in January, February, when do they start throwing? How long should they throw? Those types of things. Well, when I've given talks and, you know, I've talked to parents and all this, and I ask them one a couple questions. Who's the best pitcher in baseball? You know, and they'll say Kershaw or Verlander or Scherzer or name the ones. Yeah, I don't care. Right. And I said, do they pitch 12, 12 months a year? Well, no. Well, if the best in the game don't throw 12 months a year, why should your kid, who's 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, why should he be pitching 12 months a year? The injury, Tommy, to, uh, to have Tommy John surgery is an overuse injury. Now, it's not overuse. See, we say, oh, well, Buck Showalter is overusing his guys or Don Mattingly is overusing his guys. No, it's not at the big league level that they're being right. overused. It's back when they were seven, eight years old that they're being overused, and it's a cumulative injury. It just, you keep adding on, adding on, adding on, adding on, and... um you know, and then they've got some of these weird concoctions that, um, uh, you know, Tom House has the inverted W throwing program or whatever. I don't know when you when your front foot <laughs> hit, your back arms pointed down, and, and you know, it's just I I don't understand it because your arm has to get up in the throwing position, and I was always taught the quicker you get your arm in a throwing position, the the easier it is 
to throw the ball to home plate with less wear and tear on your arm. But that's another show. And um, But it's just, you know, parents want to do, uh, they think that, they're, that their sons are going to be the next uh, Cy Young Award winners. And I've got a guy here in Watertown. He's my, uh, he's my accountant. And we were talking about his son. His son's getting letters from Furman and uh, Stanford and places like that to pitch baseball. And I said, Jake, your son working out all winter is not going to make him better. Your son will get better if, if, if he has it in him to get better. Throwing all winter is not going to make him better. It, take the time off, play lacrosse, wrestle, play basketball. Um, I know when I was growing up in Terre Haute, um, my baseball season was the 1st of April until basically the 1st of September. And then September to April was basketball. And that was it. We put the gloves and, and everything up, and, um, you know, and, and it was just, um, uh, I, I think kids should be kids. And parents are doing what they think best, but I don't really think they know what's best for their kids. They think they do. But right. the best thing for their kids is yeah, get instruction when they're playing, get good coaching when they're playing, but you don't have to pitch <clears throat> year-round. You don't have to practice year-round because the best pitchers in baseball don't practice year-round. Yeah, and, and as a kid, I, I can vouch for the same thing. Actually, your your season was probably a little longer than, than ours was. We started some, you know, it, we were in South Carolina, so we might have started in late March or early April, but by July, we were done outside of wiffle ball games yeah. in the backyard and stuff like that. But, uh, you know, I managed, I didn't play at the level, obviously, that you did, but I played at Vanderbilt. And, Tommy, I went my entire short career that I had. I never had an arm. The first trouble I had with my arm was two years out of baseball. I decided to throw a rock off of a, a cliff at Chimney Rock in North Carolina and something popped. But that was because I hadn't thrown a you – know, I, I, I thought I was still playing and, and, and I hadn't thrown a ball in almost two years hard. But, uh, but yeah, it, it is uh, – I, I, I think what is happening – is, is that a lot of these parents, they are trying to do what it is that they have a kid. You know, I have an eight-year-old. Dude, he, he, he loves baseball, but he also loves basketball. He loves football. He loves all these other sports. And, and, and you know, he probably, he, he'll pick up a ball and throw it every once in a while, but we're not working out. It's just, hey, Dad, it's warm. Let's go outside and play catch or something like yeah. that. And heck, as as a as a dad, there's nothing I look forward to more in life than going out and playing catch with my two kids because one day they're not going to want to. But uh, you know that you you were a pretty good basketball player. Do you believe? Because I, I believe I played basketball. I believe basketball actually helped my baseball. Well, I think uh, I think they both help each other. I had I, I had over fifty scholarship offers in basketball to play at. Um, well, there was no Division One schools then. It, it was college. And I had them from North Carolina, North Carolina State, Georgia Tech, Florida, Florida State, Maryland, Naval Academy. I mean, I had them all over. But I wanted to play baseball. And um, I had one scholarship offer in baseball. And um, it doesn't tell you how good I was or how bad I was. It tells you the nature of baseball or the status of baseball in colleges at that time. They, they just uh -huh. didn't 
give out scholarships for baseball. You would go to a school and, you know, you play and nobody recruited you. And now you've got showcases. In fact, Dr. Andrews and I were talking, we, uh, we were having dinner one night and he said, Tommy, I can almost tell you to the day when they have these showcases. And I said, why? And he said, because I'll get upwards of a dozen kids will be coming in my office with bad elbows. And what it is, there'll be a showcase in January over Christmas time. And they'll come in and there'll be pro scouts and college coaches and everybody there. And they bring hundreds of kids in and they pitch. Well, they haven't thrown a ball. And they'll come in, and all they want to do is, how hard is he throwing? How hard is he throwing? How hard is he throwing? And before you know it, you you come in, and this kid goes in to see Jim Andrews because he's got tenderness in the, on the inside of his elbow, and it's, oh, oh, the kid's got to have Tommy John surgery. And In fact, Andrews told me, he said, if it were up to me, if they would make me um, the mayor of baseball, he said, I would ban all showcases. Wow. And, and man, I, I really think uh, the, the, if you really boil down the showcases, it's a, it, it really comes down to money and, and these places that are putting these things on. And it's not it's not always <laughs> that, but I I'm uh, it probably is. But no, I, I know it nice. is. I know <laughs> I was it trying is. to be nice, <laughs> <laughs> but it uh, um, it is interesting that they would come in after doing that because I, I think when when uh, you had your surgery that you threw one of the best games of your life right before you had to have the surgery, didn't you? And these kids are coming yeah. in. I'm sure they feel pretty good because their arms are – heck, they're they're 16 years old. Your, your arm, Everything's loose at 16 anyway. But, uh, everything. Um, and believe me, everything in your body is top shape at, at 16. <laughs> <laughs> and then it goes downhill. <laughs> yeah, with me trying to do this co- complete fitness deal, which is actually more of a ministry than it is than it is about fitness. But, uh, man, I'm, I'm going, how long do I have to stay in shape to, to keep doing these events out there with, with these folks? Because I, I did one last week with a bunch of 29-year-olds. And, heck, I'm, yeah. I'm not a – I'm 43, so – they can do things that my body can't do, and that is not that probably isn't going to change a whole lot over the next few years itself. There's going to be fewer things that I can do. Well, but, uh, yeah, but it's uh, you know the thing about it. Um, my son Tommy um, was a um, he had his master's in uh, health and exercise science from Furman, and um, uh, he worked out. Uh, he had a workout facility. And he would work out a lot of the Chicago Bears football players, and he would work out some uh, high school, college baseball players, basketball kids, you know. that. In fact, he even had some cheerleaders come in and want to get stronger to uh, for the girls to jump higher and all this. And he just has done a studies on arm, arm injuries, arm health. And he said the whole thing is, you know, the kids work and they they do these bands and all this, but they don't get their entire body uh, in shape, Mm -hmm. strong. He said if you work on your entire body, that takes a lot of the stress off the single area of your arm, either elbow or shoulder. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, I would imagine when you were pitching, you had some pretty darn strong legs and pretty strong core to go along with that. Well, I don't know my core. My core was... 
developed by doing bench presses or, or curls with my haagen ice cream as I was eating <laughs> it. Um, but I could, I could uh, bench press on my legs about 900 pounds. And I had, I had very strong, very big legs. And I think uh, the legs are the, to me, they're the shock absorbers of pitching. When you land, the, all, the, all the force goes up through your legs, up to your arm. And if your legs aren't strong, all of a sudden, the, you start getting a wobble in there. And then you start throwing balls all over. And you try to, uh, you try to compensate. And when you try and compensate, uh, you know, then you have problems with your uh, with your elbow or shoulder. Right, and and uh, going along with strong legs is is probably conditioning too. Um, and, and that conditioning, right. you know, heck, if you go to to any major league camp or you go to a college baseball field or anything like that, I I, I swore off of pitching when I saw how much those guys run. And, uh, I know it. Uh, <laughs> I, I was a catcher. I had squat down 300 times a day, but don't make me run uh, 10 <laughs> miles. I don't, I want no part of that or, or 12 poles out there in the outfield. But, you know, I, I know we only have a couple minutes left before you have to go, and then we'll bring in uh, Matt Williams from for, from Community for Coaches for the next segment, and then Ryan Kraskowski from Community for Coaches is going to join uh, later on in the show. But <clears throat> before you go, what is the main? What are what are some? What are some advice that you would give to to to, to parents? We've kind of hit on it a little bit, but uh, um, what would you tell them to watch out for? And, and and if you if you had a kid of your own that was growing up at this time frame, what would you what would you have your kid doing? I would have my son um, being a high school student. Um, playing basketball or whatever the off sport is, playing baseball when it's baseball time, working hard on getting your uh, your body in shape. And my son was a very, very good basketball player. But he couldn't play basketball on this team, and they sucked, truthfully. <laughs> so, I had, so I go down and I ask the coach, you know, I, I just said, hey, is there something Tommy's doing wrong that we can work on that will make him better in your eyes. Oh no, Mr. John, he he does. He's the hardest worker I've got. I said, yeah, he's got. He gets no playing time. Mm-hmm. Here is the essence of what I'm trying to say. Well, he never played for our AAU basketball team in the summer. I said, no, he was playing American Legion baseball. Uh-huh. Well, I'm not playing him over the kids that took up their summer and played on my AAU basketball team. I said, so if he doesn't play AAU basketball for you, he's not going to get a chance to play. And he said, basically, yes. And I said, then you want to be a losing coach the rest of your life. Okay, that's fine. I turned around and walked away. And Tommy never played basketball his senior year in high school. And it killed him. He loved to play basketball. But coaches are forcing kids and parents to make a decision and be one-sport players, and I think it's wrong. And if, the school, if the schools allow it, they they are as wrong as wrong can be. Now, if you got a guy that weighs three hundred and twenty pounds and he's six 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 seven, and he just he's probably going to be a football player. And there's not very many other sports, maybe wrestling or something like that. But you get most kids let them let them be a sport because it's called. 
off conditioning. Uh, you know, uh, you you run a marathon, but you don't run that all the time. You run sprints, and you run this, and you do this, uh, and that's what you got to do in baseball. You play other sports to keep yourself in top shape for baseball, but it's also keeping you um, in shape. And, and I just think if parents let kids be kids and quit trying to uh, be their pitching coach, hitting coach, and I mean, you don't know how many parents have told me. Well, I read, I, I read articles. Oh yeah, I do. <laughs> and I read articles about this, and and I read articles about that. And I said, yeah, you know. And I read, I stayed at a Holiday Inn Express, and I read an article about brain surgery, <laughs> but that doesn't mean I can operate on a brain. All righty, well, Tommy, we're coming to the end of this segment, okay. and I, I really, really appreciate you taking the time to come on, and you have opened the door for great discussion with uh, the guys from Community for Coaches because they are right in line with, with what you're saying. Thank you so much for being on okay. the show. Merry, Merry Christmas, it. Tommy, and that round of golf at Prairie Dunes is still on if you show up. Well, I tell you what, now, I, I don't think we can do it, but I'm – I'm driving out right after Christmas to Palm Springs, and I'm going from Overland Park, Kansas, to uh, Fort Worth, Texas. So I'm going to be chugging right through Wichita, but it's going to be late at night, and um, I've got uh, a luncheon date with a congressman friend of mine in Fort, Fort Worth, and we're going to try and work a luncheon date with he and George W. Bush. And uh, But I, I would love to play Prairie Dunes. It was one of the most fun events I've ever played in my life. All right, well, it's, a, it's an okay. open invitation. And, uh, hey, thanks again for coming on, and we'll talk soon. Okay, we'll get back from this Merry Christmas right. to you. All right, Bye-bye. Merry Christmas to you. When we get back from this break, Matt Williams from, from Community for Coaches is going to be on with us. And uh, after reading his biography, we have quite a bit in common. Hope you will join us at the end of this, uh, at the end of this break. We'll see you then. online tv is here view exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else visit voiceamerica.tv today have you had a chance to check out voice america's online magazine and blog press pass if you love our hosts and shows check out articles that give an even deeper perspective plus topics about health and fitness movie reviews philosophy business tips and tactics spirituality positive thought current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. Bob Pritchard has over 30 years of experience as a straight-talking business consultant and author working with some of the top Fortune 500 companies. Now he's come to the Voice America Business Channel to help you and your business. Tune in to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show for information about starting and successfully running a profitable business. From the movers and shakers to great marketing screw-ups, you can't afford to miss a single edition of the Bob Pritchard Radio Show, Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are tuned to The Mickey Ellison Show. 
To connect with the show today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or you can drop Mickey an email to mickey at mickeyellison.com. Like our show on Facebook. Now, back to the show. All righty. Welcome back to the Mickey Ellison Show. And before we get to our next guest, uh, uh, Matt Williams, and unfortunately it's not uh, – fortunately or unfortunately, I'm saying that wrong. He is not the Matt Williams that manages – I think it's the Arizona Diamondbacks. Matt, is that right? Does he manage the hey, – uh, I think he's with the Nationals now. I think he just – Okay, uh, all right. Could be all wrong, right. though. All right. He was third base coach for the for the Diamondbacks for a little while, I think. Yeah, but, definitely. Uh, but before we get started, I want to remind the listeners that the uh, – my new book, the, the Road to Complete Fitness, is now available. Um, there's a link on the Mickey Ellison Show website. It's mickeyellison.com. On the right-hand side, that says Complete Fitness Shop. That's where you can purchase the book. And there's a few other things in there. We're just getting this thing off the ground. And, and hopefully you will, you will enjoy and find out what, my, what is really driving, um, driving me on this, this mission that is Complete Fitness, where we are – um, going to fight obesity. We have a concept that uh, I think can liberate millions of, of people from debt if we can just get enough people to follow that. And ultimately, um, giving all the all the credit to Christ because that you know physical fitness and financial fitness are irrelevant if you don't know where you're going when you pass away. So uh, hey, without further ado, uh, Matt Williams from Community for Coaches is on. And uh, Matt, I was looking at your your bio earlier but oh by the way ryan kraskowski is also going to be joining us at any moment now as well but uh uh, i was looking at your bio and we have so much in common it's almost scary we're both former catchers Uh, apparently you were a little little better than i was because the the cubs (laughs) drafted you but um and and we went to you know you went to the vanderbilt of the sec and i went of the acc and i went to the duke of the of the sec and uh, absolutely but uh, tell us uh, tell us a little bit about community for coaches for those that are not familiar with us. They've they've been on they've if you've, they've listened to the show they know a little bit about uh, changing the game project and and proactive coaching. But I'm really excited not only about what you guys are doing but the proximity of where you're located compared to me. Yeah, absolutely. So um, community coaches just simply put exist to help coaches. Uh, not only develop, but also successfully live out a transformational purpose and therefore become agents of eternal change in the lives of the athletes and the parents and the families that they influence. Um, you know, with Community for Coaches, we firmly believe that a coach has a very unique platform to um, influence their athletes for better or for worse. And so our vision, um, obviously where we're starting is in Kansas City, but we dream about beyond Kansas city as well is to see every coach at every level and every sport coaching with a purpose and not just any purpose, but a purpose that is intentionally designed to impact the lives of their athletes and the families that they work with um, for the rest of their lives. And frankly, for an eternity. And so that's kind of the, you know, the mission and the vision of why we exist. So, yeah. And, and I, I think it's an opportunity to, to, create that community for coaches for lack of a, of a better word but i think there are there are tons of us out there that are former athletes we get opportunity most time we wind up coaching matt because our 
our kids are playing on the team, especially at the little league levels. But the impact that we can have on those kids potentially for the rest of their lives is something that, you know, it actually struck me about uh, five years ago when we, we took our little baseball team and, 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 and changed it over from being called the, uh, what were we called? Um, heck, I forget what we were called. But uh, we changed it to, to the Kings, which stands for Kids in God's Service. And we didn't have the resources like Community for Coaches or, or Changing the Game Project or, or anything like that. But we knew that there was more to what we were doing because the, the impact that, that I had from coaches, still, it still has uh, influence on my life today. You know, I can remember my high school baseball coach, whom uh, Roger Finley, that, uh, man, whatever it was about him, made you want to do everything you could. It, you'd run through a wall for him. Um, and, and I'm sure you have, have coaches that are like that. But also, going all the way back to, to my little league coach, Terry Smith, who, was, who, who coached the, the, the game of baseball out of just pure love. Because most of, the vol- most of the dads that are coaching these teams, first of all, as parents, tell them thank you. Because they are out there spending their time with your kid and, and 11 or 12 other kids and it's very difficult at times because you get to, you almost get to the point, Matt, I think, in coaching that you focus so much on all the other kids that you, your kid is the one that gets left out. Yeah. But, uh, um, hey, listen, Tommy kind of teed this up for us in, in the last segment. And, and not too often do you get the opportunity to talk to someone like Tommy John. But he was, at the end of the segment, he talked about, letting your kids play other other sports and, and and this this indoctrination that seems to be going on out there with with parents being told that their kids need to specialize go expand on what Tommy was saying a little bit and and, and tell me what your thoughts are absolutely i mean one of the one of our like primary practical goals as we're working with coaches is to answer two questions and that's why do i coach and how do i define and measure success So, you know, as a coach, you can't give what you don't have. So you have to really go through an inside-out process to really dig into that question, you know, why am I even here in the first place? Is it fundamentally about me or is it fundamentally about the lives of the athletes, no matter their age, no matter their sport? And so, you know, that's a huge piece that I think Tommy was speaking to indirectly is, you know, why are coaches in the profession of coaching to begin with? And then piggybacking right on that is how do I define and measure success? Because I think what we're finding with these, you know, 10, 11, 12-year-old baseball players that will tell us that, oh, no, I'm, I'm focused on baseball only, is that their, their perception and their definition of success is skewed. And I think that's coming from parents and coaches because, you know, the opportunity to play a sport, to pursue excellence, to be a part of a team, to... Um, just appreciate everything that goes into being involved with athletics is kind of going more and more by the wayside and our success is being defined by, you know, how quickly can we make the varsity team? How hard can right. I throw? What, um, how many division one offers do I get? And can I go play college or professional sports? And I think that, you know, we would be right on the same page with, with Tommy John and saying kids need to play. Kids mm-hmm. need to experience sports and, and, and multiple coaches and multiple um, experiences as they're growing up because it helps their overall development. And sadly, and one of the reasons why, you know, community for coaches exists and we have a job is because 
I think the culture is losing sight of what is a valuable perspective and what is true success because it's not about the, the, just the tangible trophies or the stats on a stat sheet. It's about who are we becoming as people and how is that impacting others. Yeah, um, and you know, as you were speaking, one thing that, that actually hit me, and it kind of goes in line with, with one of the things we're teaching with, with com- complete fitness, and it, it's getting so focused on one area of your life because, you know, we've got some fitness coaches involved with what we're doing, and if your entire life is centered around that one thing, what happens if that one thing is taken away from you out from some, some way uh, that, that that is not even is out of your control. You know what? From Absolutely. a fitness stand from a fitness standpoint, if my whole life is about being fit and seeing my abs and all those those cool things, what happens if I have a car accident and I'm paralyzed from the neck down and I no longer have that part of my body? What happens to that kid who was so focused on baseball, 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 or basketball, basketball, whatever the sport might be? It doesn't really matter. It's the idea. If they're so focused and their identity is that sport, what happens if they can't play it? Absolutely. It's almost like it's literally the, it's like your whole world comes crashing down. And it's really interesting as I think of and reflect on my journey. Um, I'm grateful for, you know, how God has worked in my life and used all of my experiences to bring me to where I'm at today. But to be frank, you know, even playing at Duke and uh, playing a year of pro ball, Baseball was an unhealthy part of my identity, even with playing football or basketball. You know, baseball for me, a big part of my time playing was it was exactly what you have just described. I wasn't, I wasn't Matt Williams, the, the person that guys created to me. I was Matt Williams, a baseball player who was going to go to college and going to go to Duke and, and all those kinds of things. So on the one hand, I was fortunate because I was able to accomplish a lot of my goals. But on the other hand, um, I was definitely standing on shaky ground because if I would have broken broken a leg or blown out a knee and baseball would have been taken away from me, frankly, I don't know what would have happened because it was such a fundamental part. And so now knowing that and seeing seeing that for what it is, I'm hoping to help kids, you know, help kids and coaches um, be excellent and, and worry about all those things that are important, but also keep a healthy perspective. Yeah, it, it is a... I can remember, um, and frankly, the book goes into some of those details as to what happens when your identity is so much in into one thing. And, uh, and, and great, and baseball is still a a very important part of my life. I love baseball, but you may even be able to relate to this. But when I finished that last game, I knew it was my last game. We finished in, in, at, at Columbia in the SEC tournament, but it doesn't really hit you. For a little while, because every season ends, and, yep. and when when we got when I got out to September October time frame, you started getting to that point. Well, uh, uh, you know, I got to go do this other stuff, and this other stuff stinks, and, and it led to some pretty dark times in my life. That you know, now that I think about it, much of it probably had to do with with being so caught up in, in that one that one sport. And um, and my life been centered around that, and it was it was no longer there. But uh, it, it is a very dangerous thing, and and and, and ultimately, I, I think you and I share the same belief. If if our if our belief is in in, in Christ, or or something bigger, this bigger than us, this bigger than baseball, then 
you know, that's just a piece of our life. When I can no longer play, I have bigger things that, that God has planned for me to do. Absolutely. And, uh, hey, is Ryan here with us? Ryan, are you on? I'm here with you, Mickey. Great, to, uh, hey. great to hear your voice. All right. Well, hopefully you're still saying that by the end of this hour. But uh, <laughs> Ryan Kraskowski ha- has joined us. And, Ryan, I don't have your, your bio up in front of me. I was so enamored with the fact that Matt and I are both former catchers. And we, we went to s- the the prestigious schools that we went to and, and all the ministry that, that we share in common. Um but Ryan Kraskowski has just has just joined us, and, and Ryan, you you're the founder of Community for Coaches, right? I guess that's fair to say. I try to stay <laughs> away from that word, but uh, nobody was doing it before I was, so can't argue with and, you. Well, you know, I'm finding finding some um, satisfaction in the fact that that uh, you know we found folks like John O'Sullivan with, with Changing the Game Project, and and. Um, Proactive coaching, which does it a little bit on, on a higher level um, uh, right. than, than the, the youth level, although they do help out in that. But what is was comforting to me is we are now finding that there's a lot of us out there that yeah. share these same beliefs, and it's just a matter of, of, okay, how do we get that voice out? Because sometimes you feel like that, that lone voice in the wilderness when you're in the middle of, of West Urban Baseball at, at, in – in Wichita, Kansas, or whatever it is that you you guys may have up there, and, and you're you're watching these things. I can remember when my my oldest boy started playing. I'm going, you got to sign up when December. Um, you've got to be a part of these academies. It was a it, you know it was a world that I wasn't even familiar with because heck, my baseball career didn't take that route. Heck, I played basketball in the winter. I played baseball in the summer. Um, for a little while, I played football in the in the fall, and I can't imagine having played baseball without the basketball experience to go with it. Uh, or do you do you find some of that that to be be the same as some of the coaches you're talking to? Well, there's no question that the world's changed quite a bit in the last you know 15 to 20 years, um, and the experience you're you're describing about signing up your children. I I know that. You know, back in the old days when we signed up, you signed up for the league and they put you on a team and, and, and your coach called you up and said, hey, you're going to be on our team anymore. If you don't have a group of kids uh, to sign your child up with, you might not even get to play. You have to be affiliated with the team in many cases before you can even sign up for a league. Um, and that's not everywhere. That's not across the board. But that's how it is in uh, in quite a few uh, areas and leagues and whatnot. And, and it's it is it's it's just a lot. And as I was listening on hold, um, as you and Matt were talking and finishing up, you know those ideas of um, finding our identity in our sport or finding our identity in in, in what we do rather than in who we are. Um, what I've found in, in talking to coaches is, you know, you, you mentioned the dark times when the playing career came to an end. Well, I think what we see most often is that for all of our good intentions. Most of us get into coaching at some level because we miss playing the game. Mm-hmm. And absolutely. And 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 it's and and I want to be careful because there's nothing wrong with loving a game and missing playing it, but there's everything wrong. And I didn't know this until I'd been a coach for 12 years. There's everything wrong with getting into an activity that involves other people, particularly children, mm-hmm. because of what I get out of it personally. 
Right, um, and, and, and we're going to expand. We're going to expand on that when we get back from this break. Uh, uh, Ryan Kraskowski and Matt Williams is with us from Community for Coaches. And uh, if you're just now joining us later on on demand, you can go back and listen to Tommy John. He was on for the first segment, and uh, you know we we are looking to to change the world. All of us in, in different ways, and, and there is no greater place where we have that opportunity than, than coaching the youth of, of, of tomorrow or the, the leaders of tomorrow through youth sports. We'll be back on with the Mickey Elson show in just a minute with uh, Ryan Kraskowski and Matt Williams. See you then. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Women can live their lives to the fullest and realize their dreams for growth and greatness. Georgine Summers knows. As host of On the Edge, Georgine will give you powerful tools and rules to help you change direction in your life and get rid of the fears that stop you from living your dreams. Stretch your boundaries and become the amazing person you've always wanted to be. On the Edge with Georgine Summers airs live every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. Each week, Jimmy Gould brings you the stories and the people that you want to hear about. Tune in to A Current Life to hear about the journey to success, how our guests became the people they are today, and the highs and lows they experienced along the way. Each hour will leave you inspired and entertained as Jimmy gets up close and personal with every week's guest and shares ideas you can identify with and apply to your own life. A Current Life with Jimmy Gould airs Fridays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are tuned to The Mickey Ellison Show. To connect with the show today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or you can drop Mickey an email to mickey at mickeyellison.com. Like our show on Facebook. Now, back to the show. Good morning and welcome back to the Mickey Ellison Show. This is the final segment we have with us, Matt Williams and, and Ryan Kraskowski from Community for Coaches. And before we get to that, I want to remind you, you can go to MickeyEllison.com if you're interested in the book, The Road to Complete Fitness, that was, it is now available. Um, you can order it right there on the on the website uh, at MickeyEllison.com. On the right-hand corner, there's a complete fitness shop. And there's a little special going on right now where you get a you actually get a T-shirt and Another book written by a guest on this show, uh, uh, David Simpson, Financial Sanity and Three Easy Lessons. For 35 bucks, you can get all three of them. So uh, until we run out of uh, David's books. And uh, anyway, uh, off the air, 
we get to talking and Matt and I just, Matt just realizes that we coached against each other last year in Hutchinson, Kansas. And what a, what a small, small world, but uh, it really is. Uh, <laughs> so this is almost getting spooky, Matt. But, I know, uh, I agree. <laughs> but anyway, let, let's, let's talk a little bit more about community for coaches. And, and really, I do want to delve into this, 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 thought process that's being pushed out there and frankly i think it's being pushed by people who are are taking advantage of of unknowing parents they're trying to do the best thing for for their kids but yet they're spending thousands upon thousands of dollars at these academies and in the end they may actually be doing their child more damage than they are good So, Ryan, you, you expand on, on that since you just joined the show. Matt and I, have we took up quite a bit of time in, in, in the last segment. What, what are your thoughts on specialization? Because Tommy was actually telling a story before you came on that his kid was playing basketball for, for the high school team, wasn't getting any playing time, wasn't, uh, um, but he was one of the better players on the team. And I actually liked how Tommy approached the coach about it at first because this is something to learn as parents, that he approached the coach and asked what is it that his, his son – Tommy Jr. needed to needed to do to to get more playing time. It wasn't that he that he attacked the coach and and what it boiled down to, uh, Ryan was that that his son didn't play for the AAU um, uh, basketball team sure. in the summer, so it wasn't fair for him to get playing time in high school. Hmm. Yeah, I mean th- we could take that a lot of different directions, and it sounds like <laughs> you you've been kicking it around pretty well. You know, I, I think that. And gosh, the first thought that comes to my mind is 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 the question that I that I really begin with, and I talked a little bit about you know getting into coaching and why I got into coaching and all that, and 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 all of that is to say that the question that I want to begin with is why, why why are we doing this? Um, and I think that when we when we really get into the answer to those questions um, of why. You know why? Why are we have? Why are we pushing our kids so hard? Why are we doing this? Why are we signed up for that? Why are we? Why are? Why are eight year olds playing eighty baseball games in a summer? Why? What is it really for? What are we trying to accomplish here? I think that if we're honest, maybe not all the time, but much of the time, it's because we've got adults who are using kids in the sports they play to meet adult needs, and um, and I and I don't think there are very many people at all who are doing that on purpose. I don't think there are very many people at all who are out to hurt kids intentionally. I think that is an incredibly low percentage. At the same yes. time, like you said, um, are we really serving our kids by, by, by pushing them so hard, by, by focusing on one sport year-round you know, at age 10 or 11 or even earlier in some cases? Um, you know, and again, I'm not here to tell anybody what they should do with their children or how they need to run their family. That's not my job. That's not my role. But I do think it's fair to ask people to ask themselves, why are we doing this? Because when I started asking myself that question, I didn't like what I found. I found that the reason that I pushed my kids so hard in sports had way more to do with me than it had to do with them. And that's, and that's really, it scared me. And it scared me because I found, as I began talking to other people, that I wasn't alone. In fact, most of us, if we're honest, are in, are in some way uh, projecting um, our unmet needs onto our children. And that's obviously a pretty dangerous place to live. Yeah, and I think, I think I, from personal experience with my, my 13-year-old, uh, that you, you, I had a similar moment. It wasn't necessarily the, the why uh, question, but uh, it sort of was. And 
I don't remember if he was, you know, because because I I I'm pretty competitive. Um, and, and one day he he's a good player. I mean, he's playing. He's played up the whole time. And I, I think I was just pushing too hard one day, and he finally looked at me and says, "Dad, I don't play baseball for you." Hmm. How and, old was he when he said that? You said uh, I, it was last year. It was actually okay. last year. And and that's when I pulled back, and I'm going, "You're right. I don't want you to ever play baseball." For me, and I don't want you to think that that my love my love is unconditional. Whether you play basketball, football, or decide to join the band or whatever it is you want to do, I just right. want you to want to be the best that you can be at whatever it, it is that you love, and 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 find more of it because, frankly, the the odds of, of making it to to even the collegiate level are pretty darn low. Um, and, and, you know, it's really up to him to find that love. Matt, I'm sure you found that same love. And, Ryan, I, I, I think you probably did, too, that you started to do, do a lot of the things on your own. And, and you no longer played for, for Dad. Um, I, mean, I like what my dad said he was proud of me, but our relationship is not dictated by whether I'm playing baseball or not. Thank goodness, because I haven't played for 20 years. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. But... Uh, um, what is it in the last uh, – we've probably got about five or six minutes left in the show. What information do people need to, to, to hear from you guys so that they know how to get in touch with you? If they're trying you – know, I'm looking at your website right now, and it says helping coaches live out a transformational purpose. And, and, and you right. talk a lot about coaching with purpose, and, and that's actually a tab on the left-hand side of your, of your website. What do people need to know about community coaches for, uh, community for coaches, and, and how can they – invite you to help them out in, in, in their in their own programs um sure i can i can i can tackle that and then matt anything that you want to add to that please do um first sure of all thing. let me just say community for coaches is a uh, a nonprofit organization affiliated with a larger christian ministry uh called the navigators which has staff all over the world um but what we are about is we are about helping coaches do just what that tagline says. We want to help them develop and successfully live out a transformational purpose where a coach can be crystal clear about the reasons why he or she is coaching, um, where they can effectively learn to coach with purpose. And we accomplish that in a number of different ways. We offer uh, one-hour and two-hour workshops uh, for groups of coaches. Um, we have weekly discussion groups that we call coaching life groups that meet throughout the Kansas City metro area where we're located, but we would love to work with people in other areas to help them learn and, and think through how could they establish a coaching life group um, in their own area. And then also we spend time, Matt and I both spend time with coaches one-on-one, -on -one, really digging into what does it mean to live out this calling that we have as coaches. Um, and so the best way to get in touch with us is really to, to visit our website. Our contact info is on there. They can email, people can email us through our website, which is simply community for coaches, all one word, community for coaches.org. Um, and yeah, we, we have a contact tab on there and would love to hear from folks. All right. And, and I will add a link to my website as well so that people can easily, easily find it at, at mickeyellison.com as well. Um, so, uh, you know, there, there's so much to, to, to discuss when it comes to coaching. And, um, you, you know, when, when uh, uh, Bruce Brown was on, on the show not too long ago from, from Proactive Co Coaching, he, he told a story of, of when he, he had some guys he coached, I think it was at the high school collegiate level, and they, they, they had invited him to, to play golf. It was six of them. And, you know, that's actually a huge compliment for a coach when, when the kids are, 
are still wanting to be involved in your life um, after after they've graduated, moved on. They're inviting you to weddings, or they're inviting you to 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 the birth of their child, and all those those important things. But in the discussion with one of the players while he was playing golf with them, he says, "Hey, coach, do you remember such and such event when you said this at this game?" Well, Bruce obviously couldn't remember. He didn't remember it, and, uh, huh. and and the guy went on and told the story. It was a great story, and and obviously what he had said had impacted that that young man for quite some time because he remembered the specific conversation in, in a game. And at that was the moment when Bruce says, "You know, I wanted to be excited, but it scared me." He mm-hmm. goes, "Because how many other things did I say in all the years mm-hmm. that I coached?" And you talk about the best in the business as far as coaches go, and, and right. Bruce Brown. But you stop and think, "What have I said?" Yeah, that may have hurt a kid, and I don't know about it. Yeah, that's a humbling feeling when you realize that you've messed up, and you think, "Okay, if one stray word can do." And again, I don't want people to walk around in fear that they're going to, you know go harming kids unintentionally. But the reality is that is an important wake-up call for people to realize just how one stray word can uh, can stick with someone um, and yeah. if not dealt with can do damage. That's uh, uh, that's an important realization for every coach, for sure. Yeah, and there's a lot of scripture out there about taming the tongue. How, how it, it went, I think it's in the book of James. It talks about how mm-hmm. we, we can, the, the same tongue that, that can give out such blessings can be a, can be a, a sword. Yeah. That, that just strikes to to the the heart uh, of someone and, and when we're when we're coaching sports we you know, it's easy to get caught up in in the, a situation where the emotions are a little high the kids emotions are high and you just let something slip that that you didn't you, you may not even remember saying it but, yep. but the kids do. So we, we have to be extremely careful in, in, in the words that we use. And, man, when he told that story, it scared me because I know I have said some things in, in the past that, that were, were damaging. Heck, Matt may have even heard one of them when I'm coaching oh, against I him, but I didn't mean to. I don't and, know about uh, that, but just to, just to build on that, I mean, it's, there's, a, there's a friend in town. His name is Bill Severns, and he's a mentor to Ryan and myself, and he's wrote a book that is, you know, it's right in the same vein. Um, it's called Keeping the Sandlot, about keeping things in perspective. And he's a baseball guy, but, you know, he shared a quote that it's in his book and he shared it in conversation that's always stuck with me. And he said, you know, as a coach, every message you send gets received. Mm-hmm. And that's a really, it, it sounds, you know, it's pretty straightforward, but it's really profound. And if you really think about that, every message you send, for better or for worse, you know, non-verbally or verbally, gets received by your athletes. And to, to think about that is humbling, and it can definitely, you know, kind of like Ryan just said, it can, you know, it be, can be tempting to walk around on eggshells, but if we use that as motivation to clearly articulate and define, you know, why do I coach and how do I define and measure success and how can I develop a transformational purpose, then if we, you know, keep that humbling perspective in mind, I think you know, what we, we find with coaches is that fuels their desire to really be intentional with the platform they have. And so, you know, that every message you send gets received, I think, um, is a very profound, um, straightforward quote that kind of drives home what we're talking about here. Yeah, yeah it does. And, and we're getting close to the end of the show, but that, that does remind me of a, of a specific situation last year with, with the Kings where they had played awful one day. And, man, I led into them. And, and, and I, I shouldn't have. I shouldn't have. 
And, and the next day, I actually got to reflecting on that, and I pulled our coaches aside, and I said, you know, it's a, the, the, our kids are playing scared. They're playing scared because they're seeing these reactions from us. And I went back and apologized to the kids. And, man, we wound up having the best season that I've had ever coaching. Great bunch of kids. And once they realized that we trusted them and they could trust us, they would run through walls for us by the end of that season. Mm. Uh, guys, we're at the end of the show. I apologize for it being so short. We need two, three, four hours for this. Mm. Um, Ryan, thanks for, for coming in for for some time. And, Matt, it's, it's cool to catch up with you again. Um, Absolutely. We, Small world. We, we are at the end of the show. Um, this is the last live show that we'll be doing before uh, before Christmas. This show will be replayed on January 31st. And my story, which goes in line with the book that has just, uh, just been released, is a shortened version of the detailed version of the book. And the book is for sale at MickeyEllison.com. Click on the Complete Fitness tab on, on the right. Also, we'll add a, a, a link to Community for Coaches. Hope you enjoyed the show this week. Um, have a very Merry Christmas and a safe uh, and happy New Year. And we'll see you in January 2015. Ryan and Matt, thanks for coming on the show. Thank, Thank you, Mickey. Mickey. It's a pleasure. All right, guys. Merry Christmas. Thanks so much for joining us on the Mickey Ellison Show. Mickey plans to be here again next Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We hope you'll be here, too. We'll be right back.